afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, and the great state of Oregon is back in the news. Academically speaking, I use the phrase great state of Oregon tongue-in-cheek. Now, I'm sure Oregon is a great state. I'm sure the people that live in Oregon are great people. I mean, Americans are great people. So I'm sure the people in Oregon are no different. But your leaders in public education in Oregon are not great people. I mean, I'm not going to start ripping them and you know calling them names, but academically speaking, they're not very bright. They are not among the best and brightest of us. I'm holding an article here. Matter of fact, I'm looking at several articles. I had these for a few days now. We just didn't have time to get to it. But I think we got to get to it today. This article from Fox News is titled, Blue State Suspends Basic Skills Graduation Requirement Again, Citing Harm to Students of Color. And you know the blue state we're talking about, friends. That's right. We're talking about Oregon, the very blue state of Oregon. The subtitle is Oregon Diplomas Looking More Like a Participation Prize, Former Governor Candidate Slams Education Board. So the former governor is uh, Christine Drazen, and she is, you know, she's coming out at, she's coming out with guns a-blazing at at the Oregon State Board of Education. Oregon high schoolers won't have to prove proficiency in core subjects to graduate for at least five more years. Why former Republican gubernatorial candidate Christine Drazen vocally opposes the Education Board's decision. So we have been documenting what's happening in in the great state of Oregon, academically speaking. Coming out of COVID, they said, yeah, you know what? We don't need, we don't really need to have, uh, you know, graduation requirements. It's tough on these kids. Let's just, let's suspend everything. And then we'll look at it in four more years. Remember, we talked about this and I told you four more years is never going to come. It's not going to come. And we're, we're coming up on the end of that. And what have they done? Oh, they've pushed it out for at least five more years. And their rationale was, you know, we need to study what's working and what isn't working. So we're going to suspend all requirements while we study this. Well, uh, apparently, do they still need to keep this study going for another five years? You know, what is it? Why are you, why can't you just look and see what's working and what isn't working? I mean, you can do this in a month. You could have this done in 30 days. Just go to work. But no, uh-uh, no, we need five more years because it's such a daunting task. It's going to take us so long. Oh, boy. High schoolers in Oregon won't need to demonstrate basic competency in reading, writing, or math in order to graduate for at least five more years. Because, according to education officials... Such requirements are unnecessary and disproportionately harm students of color. Oh, here it is. So it's racist. Are you kidding? Basic competency skills and reading, writing, and math are racist? They disproportionately harm students of color? Why does a 
a proficiency level on any subject harm anyone. It gives you a bar to shoot for. Do they not? They don't want these students achieving anything. They absolutely, uh, and then they're going to blame it. Uh, not even blame. They're they're going to appeal to their own sense of of help. We want to help these students who are disproportionately harmed. We feel that that these requirements are unnecessary because there's a certain group of students that they harm disproportionately. And it's only the students of color. These requirements don't harm the high, the they don't harm the white kids. Only kids of color. How is that not a racist statement? How is that not the most racist thing you've ever heard? How did so many racist people end up in Oregon? Christine Drazen, the former gubernatorial candidate, says, at some point, our diploma is going to end up looking a lot more like a particip participation prize than an actual certificate. Yes, she's right. An actual certificate that shows that someone actually is prepared to go pursue their best future. The essential skills requirement has been on pause since the coronavirus pandemic. And last week, the Oregon State Board of Education voted unanimously. This article, uh, this was from October 23rd out of Fox News. So the article came out last week. And the article said the previous week. So it's been a couple of weeks since the uh, Oregon State Board of Education voted unanimously to continue suspending the graduation requirement through the 27-28 school year. Okay, so they've just added a fifth year. It looked, no, uh-uh, this is 23. No, they've, they have pushed this out an additional five years. They're not messing around. So since 2020, we're going to be eight years, eight, nine years into Oregon, not, not requiring any any proficiency in math, reading, and writing. Under the requirement, the article continues, under the requirement, 11th graders had to demonstrate competence in essential subjects through a standardized test or work samples. Students who failed to meet expectations were required to take extra math and writing classes in their senior year, thus missing an elective class in order to graduate. Board members said the standards were unnecessary and harmed at marginalized students, since higher rates of students of color, students with disabilities, and students learning English as a second language ended up having to take the extra step to prove they deserved a diploma. Oh, so that's tough on them? Because as 11th graders, they didn't hit the, uh, the competence uh, threshold in a standardized test. And so then they had to take extra math or writing classes as a senior, and that's too tough on them. Marginalized students. Students of color are marginalized. Hundreds of people submitted public comments opposing the move and urging the board to reinstate the standards. Many of the comments were generated from a call to action from Drazen's advocacy group, 
a New Direction, Oregon. Board Chair Guadalupe Martinez Zapata previously described the opposition as a, quote, campaign of misinformation and artistic quality mental acrobatics. If only they weren't automatically discredited by the myopic analysis and bigotry that follows them, Martinez Zapata said in a late September meeting, adding that, quote, rhetoric about culture and social norms being the underlying reason for underperformance on assessments by systemically marginalized students was reminiscent of, quote, racial superiority arguments. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Where are these, you know, Trump often would ask rhetorically, he would ask these questions at his rallies. Where do these people come from? You remember him saying that? Where do these people come from? And, and I just feel that 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 question repeated in my head. Where in the world do these people come from? Board Chair Guadalupe Martinez Zapata. She's describing these, you know, this group of parents who are opposing the, the State Board of Education's decision here. She's describing this as a campaign of misinformation and artistic quality mental acrobatics. If only they weren't automatically discredited by the myop by the myopic analysis bigotry that follows it. We I uh, oh analysis and bigotry. All right. So they're the fact that they're opposing our decision, it's it. It's not credible because they're bigots. They're myopic and they're they're bigots. That's all. This rhetoric about culture and social norms being the underlying reason for underperformance on assessments by systemically marginalized students is reminiscent of racial superiority arguments. So they're bigots and they're racists. Because what we're doing here is to help we're, we're going to help the colored children, and they don't want us helping the colored children, so they're racist. Racial superiority, that's what they're all about. And it's true that what, what the Democrats accuse others of doing is, is who the Democrats are, and it's what the Democrats are doing. It is an extremely racist policy to say we have to remove academic standards because the colored children are ma marginalized and they can't achieve it. They can't achieve, they just, they can't do it. And so we're just gonna take these standards away altogether. See how we're helping you? See how we're, we're so benevolent. We're, we're so loving. We care about these children so much. We just think it's too much of a hardship to actually teach them anything. No, they they don't need to be taught. They just need to be coddled. And you mean parents out there that want them taught while while you're you're racists, you're bigots, your rhetoric is reminiscent of racial superiority arguments. You're despicable. And and in the meantime, the education in Oregon continues to be flushed down the toilet. I'm holding another article here, which I may get to. It's a, it's, a, it's a commentary. It's entitled, Our Public Schools Are a National Disaster. Now, I don't think the article is in 
direct reference to Oregon. You know, perhaps it should be, but Oregon is a reflection of of what's happening in public schools really throughout the country. The uh, the former gubernatorial candidate Drazen says it is not bigoted, it is not racist to want your student to be able to actually learn. Yeah, she's spot on. Drazen, who ran as a Republican for governor in Oregon last year, losing to Democrat Tina Kotek by less than 4% of the vote. So, hmm, wow, less than 4%. Do we have an inkling there was some shenanigans going on? Oh, Dean, if the if the Democrat wins the election, why do you always say it's because of voting shenanigans? Well, I mean, you know, it probably is. That's why. Probably is. It sounds to me like the, the people in Oregon are good people, and they want their state back, and they want their students to be educated. But you've got some Marxists in charge of the education, the State Board of Education, who they don't want to educate. They're not interested in educating. And then they're going to throw out their reasons for not educating as, as being, uh, you know, we have to help these, these marginalized students. We have to help the, the the black kids. I mean, that's what they're saying here. We have to help the students of color. And they are extremely racist. Oh, I just, I don't even know if I can read this. Oregon is one of the lowest graduation rates compared to other states. This is according to Oregon Public Broadcasting. But also has among the most rigorous credit requirements. Oh, well, there, there's an interesting dichotomy. Oregon has among the most rigorous credit requirements, but the lowest graduation graduation rates. Quote, this is um, Senator Michael Dembrow. I think there's an assumption here that teachers are just graduating students who don't have the necessary competencies. And I don't know what the justification is for that, said Senator Michael Dembrow. Dembrow was on the Board of Education in 2008 when the essential skills requirement was initially approved. So he was on this board that said, yeah, you know, we need to have some essential skills. It's got to be a requirement. But Drazen argued Oregon is chipping away at standards across the board with state education officials mulling, quote, equity grading in lieu of the traditional A to F scale. They are now moving forward with an agenda that says if you cheat, you can't be flunked. If you don't show up, you don't get a zero. They're not going to have homework that they grade because having homework somehow they view as being inequitable. Oh, we got to have equity here. Uh, we can't. I and mean, we can't give away homework. Matter of fact, let's do away with all tests. And if the student doesn't even show up for a school, you know, let's not, you know, we, we can't mark them down for that. Matter of fact, if the student is breathing, the student gets 100% and the student will be graduated. Drazen encouraged concerned parents to plead their case to Kotex office, which appoint education board members. Unbelievable. She needs to make the board more responsive to the concerns of families, students, and stakeholders than they are at this point, Drazen said. 
Kotex office did not immediately return a request for comment. So this is out of the um, this is out of Fox News, and you know it just doesn't look good for Oregon. It 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 appears to us that this state board of education in Oregon is more interested in promoting a Marxist agenda, which you know there's got to be equity here, right? There's got to be equity. You know, we we can't be hurting these students by actually forcing them to do work. It is a it is a disservice to our profession when we actually have these students do homework and perform well on it. It's a disservice to the academic profession in Oregon by having these students take tests and quizzes and exams and and be expected to be proficient in the material that they are learning. It is a discredit to our profession. How dare we actually want to teach somebody? No, no, we shouldn't be teaching. This is uh, this isn't this does not bode well for the state of Oregon. And there, I tell you what, what else is going on in Oregon? I've got article after article after article. When we uh, when when you see what what actually is happening in Oregon instead of proficiency requirements. Parents in Oregon, if you are listening in Oregon, you have to take uh, you have to take action. You have to be contacting the state board of education, and you have to be demanding that that your students are educated. Uh, you are just going to be livid once we get into the rest of this. All right, we'll get more into the other side of this break. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we, have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. Or you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. All show goes into podcast the next day. So thank you for listening. Congratulations on making it to the Dean's List and being one of the smart ones. Speaking of smart ones, we are talking about Oregon. You know, I I don't know. Maybe I should make it a policy, just to, just to show policy to stop talking about Oregon because it, it would. There's just so much horribleness happening in the in the education field in Oregon. But if we made that a policy, it would go against really our 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 two tenets. The two tenets of this show are to shine the light of truth on the educational landscape in America, including Oregon since Oregon is still a state in America. And the second being to also shine the light of hope after we have shined some truth and we've, we see the little bugs scurrying out of the darkness, then we have to, we have to shine some hope. So we are in the truth shining stage of today's show. I want to play a clip for you. This is the uh, state board of education chair Guadalupe Martinez Zapata. And this is her statement regarding these um these complaints regarding these um you know the, the Christine Drazen and, and her group, they're just, you know, they're horrible people. How dare they complain that the students in Oregon actually need to take tests and actually learn something despicable. So let's take a listen to Guadalupe Martinez Zapata. Some of the misinformation is presented with artistic quality, mental acrobatics, such that it might be tempting to believe these alternative facts. If only they weren't automatically discredited by, discredited by the myopic analysis and bigotry that follows them. Rhetoric about cultural and social norms being the underlying reason for underperformance on assessments by systemically marginalized students. Reminiscent, as you all might know, uh, of racial superiority arguments, an extra ori there, (laughs) arguments for early national history. What is she even saying here? Uh, I, I... It's just a bunch of words. She's saying words without actually saying anything. Is this just a trait and a skill of the Marxist Democrats? Did she go to the Kamala Harris of public speaking, the Kamala Harris School of Public Speaking, where you actually talk without saying a single thing of substance? Some of the misinformation, she says, is presented with artistic quality and mental acrobatics. What's mental acrobatics? Can someone describe that for me? I mean, what's happening here and and mental acrobatics? Nobody knows. This is just a fun thing to throw out to either make you A, sound intelligent, or your opponent B, sound incompetent. Such that if it might be tempting to believe these alternative facts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did she say facts? Did she refer to the alternative argument that Drazen is presenting as factual? Sounds to me like she did. 
the the misinformation is so artistic and it's so acrobatic that you might be tempted to believe some of these facts. However, you shouldn't because they are automatically discredited because of the myoptic analysis of bigotry. These facts are discredited because they're facts laden in bigotry, because the people speaking about them are racist. And then here at the end of the clip, she just she says just a bunch of confusing things. Rhetoric about cultural and social norms being the underlying reason for underperformance on assessments by systemically marginalized students are reminiscent, as many of you may know, she says, of racial superiority arguments for early national history. So who is delivering this rhetoric about cultural and social norms being the underlying reason for underperformance? Uh, our side is not saying that the, the underperformance is, is because of cultural and social norms. No, we're saying that they're not being taught. That's what we're saying. She's the one who's saying, in her side, they are the ones who are saying that these, these marginalized students can't meet these achievements. These you know students of color are disproportionately harmed by these standardized tests. And then it's reminiscent, as many of you may know, of racial superiority arguments for early national history. What does that even mean? Racial superiority arguments for early national history, that this this is what this is reminiscent of? Is she saying that, that the founders were racist? That the founders expected too much of, of, of education? That the founders said the bar set too high in terms of education and therefore they were racist? I, you, all right, if, help me. Help me here. If you know what this woman is actually saying, will somebody please shoot me an email and describe it for me? Because I don't know what she's saying. I doubt that she knows what she's saying. Uh, I want to see her diploma from the Kamala Harris School of Public Speaking, because I bet she graduated top of the class. I I'm serious. I bet she graduated top of the class. 4.0 student. 4.0. Not sure what she was taught, but apparently it was not. All right, Dean, stop. Just stop. All right, okay. Let's listen to a clip by uh, Christine Drazen and and her reply. And I want you to compare the two, just the two thoughtful clips here. Uh, you know, after we listen to uh, Drazen's reply, let's take a listen. It is not bigoted. It is not racist to want your student to be able to actually learn. And these assessments, uh, in fact, are the best way that we have to ensure that our kids know how to read, write and do math before they leave before they leave high school, especially as they lower their standards for what it's going to take for a student to pass their grades and get their credits. I mean, at some point, our graduation, um, our, our graduation or diploma is going to end up looking a lot more like a participation prize than, than an actual certificate that shows, you know, that someone actually is prepared to go pursue their best future. And 
a board chair uh, is living in a world that is is not connected to the rest of the state for Oregon. Oregon families want their kids to get an education in our in our public schools that is focused on reading, writing, and math. And for whatever reason, this board chair is determined to look at absolutely everything uh, as if everybody around her that doesn't agree with her is racist. And that's that is condescending and patronizing. If you don't agree with this board chair, you're a racist, essentially. I mean, that's what she's saying. Drazen at the beginning of the clip said, uh, look, it's not a bigoted or racist to want your students to actually learn and to not the diploma to to not want your diploma to be essentially a participation grade because that's what they are in Oregon. That's what they're becoming. The diplomas are becoming participation grades. And anyone who makes a claim to to that or anyone who who comes against this state board of education and says uh, says that very thing that these diplomas are participation grades those individuals are racists they're racists they're they're bigots how dare they how dare they make this claim when you cannot address the argument on the merits of the claims, then you have lost the argument. When all you can resort to is these people making the claims are racist and they're bigots. Everything that they say is rooted in systemic racism and bigotry. How dare they? Don't they know that we're just doing what's best for the kids without actually addressing the claims? They don't they don't debate the argument. There's no debate here. When you heard the, the board chair, there wasn't any any debate. There wasn't any factual information which proved or which showed that their policy was a policy rooted in logic or rooted in, in reason or rooted even in, in research. You know, the policy isn't rooted in any of those things. The policy is rooted in this Marxist desire to not educate the kids. It's it's just that simple. It's a Marxist desire to dumb down education. Because if you have an uneducated populace, then you have a populace that you can control. Now, you know, I guess that's, I mean, while that's true, you can also control a populace that's educated. We saw this through covid you can control them through fear. The, even the, the educated among us were controlled through fear after all of this, you know, not even after, but during COVID. The fear mongering was at an all-time high. And people were afraid to, to go against the authorities or to go against what was being advised medically, uh, you know, fill in the blank. There was just a lot of fear. And the population was controlled by that. So it, it, you know, it's true that an educated populace can also be controlled, but it's true that an uneducated populace can be can can be controlled easier. They can be controlled easier, and also an, an uneducated populace, you know, they don't, aren't really going to know what's going on. They aren't going to be able to see 
what's happening. They're too uneducated to go to the curtain and, and pull it down. Wow, Dean, you're just, I mean, you're just calling people dumb and they can't even take down curtains. Well, I mean, it's true. That's what the Marxists want. They want an uneducated populace that even if they stumble into the curtain and it comes down, they're so uneducated that they cannot make an analysis as to what's actually going on behind the curtain. That's the objective here. Oh, Dean, that is so conspiracy theorist. You're a conspiracy theorist. I can't believe you would say that there are people in Oregon that actually want to graduate kids that are stupid. How dare you say that? Well, can you tell me something else that's happening? Can I mean, they don't want to graduate kids that are smart, obviously, because they're telling them they don't have to meet these, these requirements because it's just too hard. It's, it's too hard for them. We can't, we can't expect them to achieve a, a high bar here in education. No, that's that's too much. And then you have uh, Drazen here saying, "Look, the parents in Oregon they want their kids educated, but you've got this this board chair, the state board of education, that you know if you disagree with her, you're a racist and you're a bigot." And then fill in the blank. She's only going to label you and 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 call you names. She's not going to defend her policy because the policy is indefensible. You can't defend a policy that says we're going to remove requirements because it's too hard for the kids. They are learning. You have to teach them. You and your teachers have to teach the kids, but you're not doing it. Ah, we're crying out loud. So this article here, this other article that I'm holding, says our public schools are a national disaster. Perhaps what's most distressing about the latest collapse in high school test scores is that no one seems to be very distressed. You've probably heard the news that ACT scores have fallen for the sixth straight year. Our high school kids are less equipped for a job or college than at any time in three decades. Why isn't anyone in Washington or anyone in our $800 billion education bureaucracy sounding the alarm and declaring this a national emergency. It certainly puts our national security, our technological superiority, and our economic prosperity in grave danger. Oh, there's no emergency here. And anybody who says otherwise, you're a racist. You're a bigot. And you're probably a homophobe. And I bet you're a white male. How dare you be a white male? Instead of outrage, it is almost as if Americans have become uh, just uh, indifferent. They've, they've become indifferent to the bad news. It's almost like we've had anesthesia applied to our, our, our mental faculties here. One theory is that Americans feel about their local schools as they do toward Congress. They love their own representative, but think the rest of the members are corrupt and incompetent. Well, that's an interesting theory, and and I think it's true. I I was reading this article, and I think I I read a portion of it to you a few weeks back, where the majority of parents felt like public schools were failing. I think it was thirty in the thirties. I don't remember thirty six percent. That number sticks out of my head. I could be wrong. Let's just say I'm right. Thirty six percent of the country felt like 
the public schools were failing. But when that same group was polled about their own public school district, like 75% felt like their own district was nailing it. Yeah, our district's getting it done, but it's the rest of the districts. I mean, my congressman, he's the best. He's out there working, but it's the rest of Congress. They're the losers. They're the incompetent among us. And isn't that true of, of really the human condition, at least in this current age that we live in? The problem is always with somebody else. It's never with us. Why, I'm never the problem. Uh uh-uh, I'm always the solution. No, the problem is always out there. It's always out there with you guys. It's this the analogy of of looking out the window at the problem versus looking in the mirror at the problem. Mm, yeah, that could be the case here. That uh, that theory, I would say, maybe holds some water. Yes, there are some excellent public schools, and yes, there are thousands of great teachers. But I live in Montgomery County, Maryland. The author of this uh, commentary, this is him speaking. He lives in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is one of the wealthiest counties in the country. And we had to pull our kids out of the public schools because they were so bad and because they shut down during COVID-19. We know uh, Montgomery County, Maryland. We've documented what's happening in that district, and it is not good. That district is decrepit, absolutely decrepit. Um, and so this guy says it's not happening here. I mean, our district isn't the best. Our district's the worst. All right. We'll pick more up uh, on the other side of the break. I'm running fresh out of time. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. 
Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. America Out Loud is the rise of the new media. It's where smart people go to get their news and information. So congratulations yet again on being one of the smart ones, making it to the Dean's List. All right, we are talking about Oregon, and it's easy for us to, I think, to say Oregon is horrible. Everything in Oregon is horrible. The school districts in Oregon are horrible, but my districts are great. My school district is fantastic. What's happening in my state is amazing. You know, what's this this theory that Americans feel about their local schools as they do toward Congress? My congressman is great, but all of Congress, the rest of Congress, they're despicable. And the writer of this article, this editorial, is saying, yes, there are some excellent public schools. Yes, there are thousands of great teachers. But I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, which is one of the wealthiest counties in the country. And we had to pull our kids. It's one of the wealthiest counties in the country, but uh, Montgomery County has, has one of the worst schools. I mean, this is the place where they instituted a policy to, to keep hidden from parents if a student wanted to transition to the other gender. And parents sued. And then the, the court down there said, yeah, parents, you don't really have standing. You didn't really show us that this affects you. You didn't state in your suit that your son or daughter was actually, you know, wanting to be the opposite gender. So this doesn't really apply to you. Uh, just the the reasoning there. Mm, it doesn't it make you mad? Does it make you as mad as it makes me? Oh, it just makes me live it. I mean, I just so this guy. Uh, says, we pulled our kids. And then he says, I shudder to think what's going on in the Baltimore schools down the road. Well, I mean, we know that, you know, there was an article a while back that Baltimore did not have a single graduate who, uh, who was proficient in math. Not a single graduate. And they just graduated him anyway. So, you know, I guess at least kudos to Oregon for just getting rid of the standards altogether. I mean, Baltimore still has the standards, and they're just blowing right over them like they're standing still. They're just like, yeah, well, whatever. I mean, standards, schmandards. I don't know that they're officially removing them, but exactly 40 years ago, the article continues. The National Commission on Excellence in Education issued its findings on the state of the schools in its 1983 report entitled A Nation at Risk. Here was the grim conclusion, quote, if an unfriendly foreign power had attempted to impose on America the mediocre, the mediocre educational performance that exists today, we might well have viewed it as an act of war. That, my friends, was from 1983. Let's see, at what, 93, 103, 40 years ago. 40 years ago. And, and this report entitled A Nation at Risk said this would be an act of war if an unfriendly foreign power had a, attempted to impose this 
mediocre education on us. And we're doing it to ourselves. We're, we're self-imposing this mediocre education. You want to know why? Because we do have unfriendlies in charge of education. They're Marxists. And if you're a Marxist, you're an unfriendly to the constitutional republic. That is the United States of America. We are a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. One of these days, we're going to dive into that. We're going to go through the differences. You're going to see it. I'm going to spell it out for you. Don't have time today, though. Too busy lamenting this, the, the Marxist takeover of education in this country. The nation never paid attention, the article continues. If you think I'm blowing one bad report out of proportion, the National Assessment of Educational Progress report that came out earlier this year found similarly dismal student performance in the public schools. Reading and math proficiency collapsed over the past four years, in part because of the teachers' union's insistence that public schools stay closed during COVID, a national act of child abuse. The left obsesses about income inequality and the gap between rich and poor, yet they are so captive to the teachers' unions that they do nothing about what is arguably the most regressive policy in the United States, which is our failing public school system. Boy, that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. The decline in test scores is only half the story. The other part of the story is that the biggest declines in learning and achievement are among the poorer families. So, and this is where Oregon is saying, you know, these groups are disproportionately harmed. So we just have to get rid of the standards altogether. Test scores are declining. It's so tough. But they're really declining for this disproportionate group. It's very racist. I'm the furthest thing from an education expert, he says, but I have had five kids. It's pretty clear that three essential components to an enriching education are discipline in the classroom, high expectations, and a classical curriculum. <gasps> we can't have any of those three. You know you can't have discipline in the classroom. You can't discipline these students. And certainly you can't have high, have high expectations. Why? Why you're just you're going to expect too much from them. No, you, you have to lower expectations because then when they meet it, well, they'll feel really good about themselves. And then their self-esteem is going to be, it's going to be so high. They're going to feel so good. And everybody's just going to be happy. When in, in actuality, that's not the truth. When we set the bar low and we achieve it, we don't feel good about ourselves. We almost feel worse. What makes us feel good about ourselves is when we set the bar high and we achieve it, or at least when we come close. Uh-huh. That's that's when things get good. High expectations are fantastic. Every school in the country should have high expectations for their kids. Absolutely high expectations. And the third thing is a classical curriculum. It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated, he says. It's like solving a Rubik's Cube. Discipline, high expectations, classical curriculum. A classical curriculum in and of itself provides high expectations for the students. So as, you know, as Waterbrook Christian Academy, the school that I run, here in the thriving metropolis of Flint, Michigan, this, this school, we have been 
over the past several years, transitioning more into a classical curriculum. We are a member school of the Association of Classical Christian Schools. We are a, a member school in Turning Point Academy Association, which is an association of classical Christian schools. We are a Hillsdale College curriculum school because we we utilize their classical curriculum. Uh, we, we are classical. And as we move into this more and more, our students and our parents are discovering, holy cow, uh, this is tough. The expectations are high. The spelling words that our first and second graders have, they're not the normal spelling words. They're probably not the spelling words that's happening in the public schools in Oregon. I can tell you that right now. It is, it's a high bar. And, and some parents have said, look, this is too tough. We need to go somewhere else. And I get it. I understand it. It, it, it can get tough. But tough is good. High expectations are good. They turn us into better people. When there's discipline in the classroom, when there's high expectations in the classroom, when there's a robust classical curriculum in the classroom, it turns us into better people. I can attest to that. He says today most public schools fail all three of these standards, and he's absolutely right. Lack of discipline, lack of of high expectation. There certainly isn't a classical curriculum happening in the in the public sphere. Unless you're attending a Hillsdale College charter school, you're not seeing a classical curriculum in the public school, I would imagine. I would imagine that that's the case. California recently announced it is going to make climate change a standard a standard part of the of the curriculum. What? You uh-uh. California recently announced it's going to make climate change a standard part of the curriculum. Yeah, we got to teach these kids about the changing climate. We got to teach these kids that that in 10 years, the planet's going to be burned to smithereens. And if it's not, then we're just going to tell them in 20 years or it's going to be burned. And then that's not going to happen. And we're just going to keep putting it out, putting it out, putting it out. We're just going to keep pushing it back, pushing it back, much like the, the State Board of Education in Oregon continues to push back their, their lack of requirements for, for graduation. Unbelievable. They are going to scare the bejesus out of kids with a propaganda campaign telling them the world is coming to an end. Why don't they just try phonics so kids can read instead? Uh, they're going to scare the bejesus. What does that mean, to scare the bejesus out of somebody? I've often wondered that. That's that's his quote. But they're scaring them with a propaganda campaign, telling them the world is coming to an end. Instead, they should just try phonics. Come on, teach the kids how to read. But you can't. No, because you got to dumb down this, this education. They cannot be smart when they graduate. Because I'm telling you, if they're smart, we're not going to be able to control them very well. We're not going to really be able to just manipulate them. And then when they stumble upon what's actually happening, if they're not that smart, they're not going to figure it out. So we're okay. We're okay as long as they graduate buffoons. The school blob's pitiful response to this abject failure to teach is to call for more money. 
Well, I tell you why the, the, the test scores are so bad is because we're not putting enough money into education. We need more money. That's what we need. We need more money. Did you see uh, a, f- a couple months ago, it was back in August, this report came out of the uh, LeBron James School in, in Cleveland. This, this, you know, this school that, that LeBron James funds. And I don't have the article in front of me. It's it's a couple months ago now, but but millions of dollars this school gets, just this district alone, just this one school, millions of dollars they get. And they started, I think, as a three and four year old, and then they're going up to eighth grade. So when when that that third grade, fourth, I said three and four year old, I meant third grade, fourth grade. When that third, fourth grade class hit the eighth grade, not a single one of those students had passed a math test. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm going to pull the article out so I can cite it. I don't have it in front of me. Not a single one of the students passed a math test through their whole time from third grade up to eighth grade in that in that LeBron James school. But yet they're getting millions of dollars from LeBron James. Millions. Uh, so it's not money. Money isn't the answer, kids. And when you hear people say, when you hear these leaders in education say, we need more money. That's what we need. We need more money, 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 money. Uh, instantly, no, no, you don't need more money. That's a red flag that that we're not, um, not going to wave. The article continues. We've tried that for 40 years. Spending per student in the public schools after adjusting for inflation is up 50% in 30 years, which almost entirely inversely correlates with the continual test score slide. It's almost like the more money we throw at it, the worse the test scores get. You want to know why? Do you want to know why? I, I think we need to follow the money. Where's the money going? No, seriously. And this LeBron James school, where did the money go? You know, how, how are you getting millions of dollars but you're not you're you're not passing a single student in math what in the world is happening and how is it that your spending on on education has gone up 50 percent over 30 years yet the test scores have almost declined uh in in exact correlation to that uh, it, it's almost a, a mirrored image The one glimmer of hope is the burgeoning school choice movement in the United States, which allows the dollars to follow the students and parents to choose the best schools for their kids, public, private, Christian, Jewish, or whatever works, homeschool. Ten states this year have expanded school choice. Meanwhile, the teachers' unions argue with a straight face that school vouchers would hurt the public schools. Have they seen the test scores? How could they possibly get worse? Uh huh. Well, the teachers' unions are going to, you know, they're gonna they're gonna cry all day long. You can't take money from us because if you take money from us, you're only going to hurt us. Well, it it appears that you're being hurt the more we the more money we give you, which you know leads me you know back to my my previous question: Where is that money going? follow the money trail. If we were to follow the money trail and actually see what's, you know, what are we spending all this cash on? You know, what does the curriculum actually look like? What are we actually teaching kids? Well, 
you know, if there's critical race theory, if there's equity, inclusion, diversity, if, if this stuff is happening in your public schools, then I promise you, your, your kids are not being educated. They, uh, well, they are, they're being educated, you know, but they're not being educated in the things that American parents want their kids educated in. They are being taught how to hate. They are, they are being taught how to, how to hate based upon the color of our, of our skin. And it's what Dr. Carson referred to as uh, midbrain teaching versus frontal lobe teaching where he said that the midbrain is reactionary. That's why, you know, the dogs and the cats, their their reflex skills are so much greater than humans because their midbrains are larger and more developed because it's reactionary based. The frontal lobe, however, and the human is much larger than, than the animals. And the frontal lobe is where we get our ability to reason. It's where the, the logical skills come from. And, and we have we have public schools teaching to midbrain function functionality and not frontal lobe functionality. We have public schools teaching kids how to react based upon the color of the skin as opposed to the content of the character. Discerning content of character is a is a frontal lobe function. It's not midbrain. It's not reactionary. It, it puts some thought to what people are saying and what they're doing and then to be able to draw a a well-thought-out analysis of that person's character. It's frontal lobe. And, you know, these 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 public schools that are run by Marxists cannot be teaching to, to, to frontal lobe. They've got to be teaching to midbrain. They've got to have us reactionary. They can't have us producing any, any valid thought about anything. All right. I wish we had more time to get into it. I felt like we only shined the light of truth today and we didn't shine hope. Well, the hope is, my friends, that I believe parents in this country want more for their kids. And we'll go after it. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Invite your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.